Hello everyone and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today we're reviewing Star Trek Strange New Worlds, The Serene Squall. Like always, I'm your host Clarence and I'm joined by my fellow co-host slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Who Story himself, Cal Jones. How you doing, man? You know what? As always, I think I'm going to repeat myself and say I'm glad to be here and can't wait to talk this episode with you guys. Glad to have you here, sir. And also on the podcast, we have Jonathan Shorts. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. I am excited to talk about this uh, interesting episode. All right. Can't wait to get into it. Star Trek Strange New Worlds, The Serene Squall which was written by Bold DeMeyer and Sarah Tarkov, while Sidney Freeland directed the episode. While on a dangerous humanitarian mission, the crew of the USS Enterprise stumbles into an harrowing game of leverage with the Quadrant's deadliest space pirate. If you have not seen The Serene Squall, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward... Spoilers. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. Spoiler warning has been dropped. And like always, we go to Cal Jones for the beats of the episode. Sometimes serious, sometimes comedic. Honestly, you never know. Mr. Jones, what do you have for us this week? This is what came to me this week, so here we go. Spock's going to the chapel, and he's gonna get to pranged. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, you know, if we if we all get to pranged, I think it's gonna be a happy world. <laughs> anyway. Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, going wow. sideways quick. <laughs> but it fits the episode. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. He might get stunned if you if you if you're not looking <laughs> in the right places. He might get surprised. He might get stunned. Yep. You know. Yeah, and location is everything. I wouldn't go. You know, I would maybe stay somewhere tropical. I wouldn't go anywhere cold, especially maybe Aspen. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cal Jones with the jokes tonight. All right. <laughs> All right, Jonathan Shorts. High level thoughts of the episode. Oh man, um, another great episode. I thoroughly threw me off, which was the attention uh, of the writers, I'm sure. But gosh, what a twist and turn! Like you know, usually you watch episodes like this on any show, and you can kind of gauge, you know, where this is going, who the bad guy is, or maybe. I was totally misled, <laughs> totally misled, and in a great way. Uh, man, we got to flesh out some relationships. We got to talk about some emotions, believe it or not. It was just a great episode overall. And, you know, considering we really didn't go anywhere and it really wasn't just a huge set, it, 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 it was a great episode. Yeah, totally agreed. Mr. Jones, additional thoughts? You know, I'm going in the other direction. I did have this little twinging in the back of my head, whatever twinging is, but I had it in the back of my head wondering, eh, she's just too nice. And <laughs> she, she was, but, but, but I was still kind of shocked because I really kind of was expecting it, but not maybe expecting it. But yeah, but still good character development. 
Yeah, I have to say I'm on the side with John there because I totally did not see this coming at all, which is a huge twist, a huge shocker. (laughs) But I loved it. I really loved it. And they throw you off because they kind of lead you to think that this person's motives are something else. Like in my, my whole time, I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Like I'm thinking a whole different direction and they just flipped it on its head. And, you know, speaking of flipping on its head, one thing that I really liked about this story was the fact that you took the sex of the characters and kind of flipped them on the head. What I mean by that is traditionally in what we've seen in television, it is the man in power that is being the bad guy, you know, and setting up and he's taking the ships and he's doing all of this and using the emotions of the woman who is going to try to save everyone. And they switched it. It was the woman who was in control. Well, it wasn't. We can't say it was a woman. (laughs) It was they or them. They. Okay. Yeah. All right. That that I didn't hear. So I wasn't trying to, uh, you know, go wrong there. But I didn't hear. Let's address that, though. I think as the purposes of the character, it was a she. Mm. The actor is they. Well, I think, no, no, you're totally wrong with that. Are you sure? They addressed the character as they, them in the show several times. Really? Several times. Yeah. Go that's my fault it. for missing that. No, no, it's totally fine because it's always one of those things that you have to be cognizant of and you may miss it if you're not paying close attention. It's interesting that you didn't even think about it, you know? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they did several times say they, them in the episode. Well, as a matter of fact, I was reading an interview with Anson Mount and they were discussing, you know, what he thought about the actor and the character. And he referred to the character as she and referred to the actor as they. Mm. Now, he could have been wrong. I think he was wrong. OK, <laughs> I think he's wrong. So so just to capitalize on that, again, I, I know there's plenty of times they said they them just for me just watching the episode again. But when when Captain Pike goes on full pirate mode, he says, army mates, if we ever catch Angel, we should make them walk the plank. Arg. And then, you know, number one is like, please stop. But he said them and they said they throughout the rest of the episode. So I think that was really cool. And just, you know, let's stay in that track a little bit with this actor. The actor's name is Jesse James Cattell as Dr. Aspen slash Captain Angel at the end of the episode. I think the character and the twist and the turn that they presented in the episode was just amazing. Again, did not see it coming, but (laughs) it was almost a little campy. Don't you think it felt almost a little campy when we got the twist? Not really. I don't, I'm more interested in how did you come to that conclusion? It just seems like when we got the actual reveal of who Captain Angel was, it just feel like we they played it up for all the drama it's worth. I don't. That's just the feeling I got. Uh, apparently, you didn't feel that at all, Cal. <laughs> no, did you feel that any in any sense? Uh, I, I'm kind of torn there. I'm kind of in the middle of the road. So let's back on up and get back into some of the specifics of the or- overall episode. And I want to ask you guys, how do we feel about the way that they're weaving these stories together? We know that these are all self-contained episodes, but I think they're doing, or at least they seem to be doing an elegant job of giving us nuggets in each episode that seem to string us along to the next. And more specifically here with Tapring and this sect of rehabilitation that she's doing for the Vulcan prisoners, quote unquote. 
isn't this the best of both worlds? Because you'd get, for me, who is the person that really likes the overreaching arc, you still get hints of that, and you still get your self-contained stories. Hence, here I go with Doctor Who again. I think that is one thing that Russell T. Davies, back in the early, you know, mid-2005 to 2010— did brilliantly was pepper things throughout these little tidbits and that's what they're doing here and i think that's why this is working for so many people that and it's a it's different from like discovery and picard because it's this is not stringing together the main storyline to connect it it's stringing together things that builds the characters Mm. and that's what i'm enjoying most because we're we can continually see the growth in these characters throughout the series, but we can still enjoy self-contained stories. If that makes sense. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's not an overarching goal for this show, like overall in the season, like we don't have a main goal other than we have missions and we're completing those missions, but it's like reading a good book. I don't know. Maybe not can't even compare it to that. Like we're, if it wasn't for that, like we wouldn't invest as much in these characters and they're building that investment through each episode. Well, Jonathan, I think you're a hundred percent correct. And you, you know, using the phrase hindsight is 2020, you look at anything in real life and you will have these big overarching things that happen in real life to, to all three of us, to people we know, to society or whatever. But there are also smaller nuggets of things that have happened along the way but then you see that big tapestry of whatever that tapestry is and i again go back to saying i think this is why this show is working for so many people yeah Dupring attempts to spice up or you know rejigger her relationship with spock by researching human sex now we talk about star trek and we talk about how it's Traditionally, it seems like anybody from any age could watch and still have fun and not too many things you'd have to turn their ears away from or cover their eyes. But that's changed with New Trek, of course. How do we like the explicit mentioning of of human sex in, in this episode? Is it even a problem? Now that you mention that, I'm going back in my head trying to remember, well, where was that explicitly mentioned? So by saying that, they did a very good job of not making it like blatantly obvious. So, you know, if it was a child watching it, it's kind of like it was glossed over because obviously I missed it. Right. So really? a child would definitely miss it. I mm. mean, I do get the 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 more sexual overtones of everything because I'm an adult and I can process that. But I, I never once saw anything in it. So like I wouldn't want my five year old watching this or my eight year old watching this. What do you think, Kyle? We got the mention of human sex, specifically mention of a few books that you can actually go out and research as well. What did you think about how that was portrayed in this episode? So I'm going to sound like a broken record here and say again tonight, Jonathan, I 100 percent agree with you. I think, you know, I, I think they did it in a way that was tasteful. And if you're listening and watching it as an adult, you pick up on things or you don't because it's just natural things that you hear. But if a child was watching it, it wasn't the first season of Discovery with the Klingon sex scenes or something like that. (laughs) You you see what I'm saying? So it wasn't as, you know, in your face as it was with that. You know, 
being someone who doesn't have children and isn't around children as much as you guys are is I don't even, you know, factor that into my watching of mm. anything that I watch. So I just know, do I enjoy it or not? Mm. Yeah. And I see, and you know, I, I mean, you mentioned those books and I do remember that scene, but I'm still kind of on board with the, you know, I don't think a child would have really got it. Like they would have heard it, but it wouldn't have been like, Ooh, you know, what was that? Or I'm, I know what that is. Or, you know what I mean? If it, if it really, if a child really caught it is because they already know it. Or yeah. if you're at the age of where your curiosity is peaking to where you want to find out. Right. And, and then, and then I go back to if the parent lets watch, then the parent let watch. <laughs> right. Yeah. So Spock continues to confide in Nurse Chapel as a friend. Air quotes. Air, air quotes. quotes. Friend. <laughs> Does it feel strange to see these two so close at this point? We know the outcome in TOS. Does it feel strange to see them so close? I didn't put much thought into it because I'm just enjoying the moment. Right? Like, I, I it hadn't crossed my mind. I, it never crosses my mind until it's mentioned on the podcast about, you know, what happens in TOS, whether the relationship has moved forward in TOS or not. Like, I, I never think about that in this. I'm enjoying it for what it is. Mm. See, I'm going to now break my mold <laughs> and disagree with you. Maybe not 100% disagree with you, but at least disagree with you. And I have problems with Nurse Chapel. And it's not because I have problems with the actor who is awesome. I have problems with the character who is awesome. I have problems in my head rectifying uh, whatever, uh, jiving, sinking, whatever the word is, the two versions, because one seemed like a wallflower. And yes, I know when, you know, got to look at how and when it was actually produced, but you've got this strong independent character and maybe I need to go back and watch her on Star Trek, the original, but I didn't see her as a strong independent character. I saw her as eye candy and background. Yeah, definitely. You know, we keep mentioning it, but definitely a product of her time. So let's get into the whole Boy Scout aspect of Captain Pike. He kind of bucks back against this a little bit. I just thought it was a lot of fun. Is Captain Pike Starfleet's Boy Scout? Do we think that's true? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, if you had to choose anyone, any Starfleet captain that would be a Boy Scout, wouldn't it? I think Pike would be the closest example of it. Yeah, I, I, well, for me, I just always find it. it I love that he took offense to this because I always find it when people, how should I put this, try to make it like you're squeaky clean and that's something wrong. <laughs> you know, I always love the reaction to that. And I feel like Pike is having that reaction to that. <laughs> or just a squeaky clean Boy Scout. And then <laughs> number one is like, yeah, it's in, it's in your file. It's in your file. <laughs> was it was it Boy Scout by meaning like squeaky clean or was it just Boy Scout meaning he was like just all Federation and always willing to help and not necessarily squeaky clean, like don't do anything wrong, but yeah. just the Boy Scout that's willing to help. Like if you're looking for someone to trust to get the job done to help you out, it's a, you look for a Boy Scout. Yeah, well, I feel, I feel like it was a a following the rules thing because even number one says later that 
unauthorized trips into non-Federation space, heading up away mission. Someone's playing fast and loose with the rules today, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So, so I, just, I just thought there was one of the many funny things in this episode, and, and this episode really made me laugh on top of it being a, a very good story. And it doesn't feel forced, you know? It feels like the actors have an actual camaraderie amongst the actors, which in turn plays well on the screen. To me, it does. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you on that. Totally agree with you. So before we get into Captain Angel, let's just talk about Dr. Aspen a bit more. Thoughts on their character and maybe some of the knowledge they had as it relates to Vulcans and how they were so easily able to befriend Spock. Uh, just thoughts on their character in this episode. Any any thoughts? I love the character, honestly. Um, it was probably my favorite in this episode. Just played so well. And I, I don't think I've seen this actor in anything else previously, but I just, I don't know. It fit perfectly. Yeah. What about you, Cal? Thoughts on this character? Leaving Starfleet, actually, to go and be sort of this, or so we were told early on, <laughs> Going on to aid and help these vessels, the colonial vessels, through this very dangerous part of space. Just just any thoughts you have about the character before we get into some of the, the changes or the, the flip of the coin we get by the end of the episode. I have to admit, and maybe this is why I didn't hear the pronoun part, there was something about this actor that looked familiar. And I will admit that most of the time when I saw them on stage, Green, I was thinking, okay, where have I seen you before? Or do you, do you just look familiar? So I think that kind of superseded anything else. But I will say that I did like the character. Mm. And I never figured out where or what I had seen this character, you know, the actor before. So one of my big gripes about the episode before we go into this or beyond Federation space uh, and we are, you know, I guess away from communication buoys or relays. Spock makes the comment to Pike that it would take two days for a message to make it to Federation headquarters or Starfleet headquarters, which I feel like is a huge inconsistency by the time we get to the end of the episode. And now we have Captain Angel, we learn when they take over the Enterprise and contacts to Pring. To me, that felt like a huge inconsistency in the episode. Did that bother any of you guys? No, not really. Really? <laughs> I mean, you got dig, like dive into it. Tell me what, why, why was it inconsistent for you? Well, it was, I mean, it was Spock literally says before they go beyond the border, beyond Federation space, that if they were to send a message back to Starfleet, it would take two days, two days. That's why when they go in, they started dropping those buoys. So they can get communications out. But like as soon as Captain Angel gets the ship, she's immediately able to contact T'Pring on Vulcan, which is very close to the soul system. So it just felt weird to me that a few minutes later, we're able to make this communication so easily. Quit picking it apart. That's not picking it apart. That's a huge plot hole, man. That's a huge <laughs> no, plot that hole. is not picking it apart. And I agree because I'm sitting here listening to you guys and it is definitely a plot hole unless it wasn't. But but they never explained why it wasn't. If so, that then 
makes it a plot hole. Yeah, it just really bothered me. I mean, not not to say I didn't like the episode, but I just felt like it was an inconsistency that wasn't explained. Now, I've only seen the episode twice. So if you're listening and I'm just being nitpicky here, please write in to fans at DiscussingTrek.com or at DiscussingTrek on any all social medias. Let me know I'm wrong. Well, I can I can tell you what the feedback is going to be. You what? ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, I didn't pay the I didn't pay it any attention until you just said it, and then I'm and I'm like, uh, really? Mm. <laughs> like we but, left that out. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to be brutal here for a moment. And if that was not intended, now it would be different if they made that statement in episode four, and this is episode six, or whatever the case may be, and they're there's a different writer or whatever, and they mess up continuity a little bit. But if it is 15 minutes apart, that's sloppy. It just just felt a bit sloppy to me. So I don't know. I don't know, man. So again, I thought this episode was very funny in many aspects. One of the funnier parts to me is when (laughs) Pike is telling Ortegas to take us closer and they just start doing the first date, third date, blind date thing. I thought that was really funny. Uh, there's another moment where they're talking about taking the laser net down and she kept saying kabloom or something like that. So yeah, the writing in this episode, I just feel like it's really spot on and they just need to keep up all these funny bits because it it really makes the episode very enjoyable. (laughs) So eventually once we get to what we think is the place where the colonists are being held, Captain Pike goes down on the away mission. Number one stays up. Let's dive into the away mission a bit. You know, Pike and the away team gets caught and they start to do this ruse or this bit where they're trying to pit the <laughs> the the actual captors uh, against each other, which, you know, is kind of a classic thing. And they kept saying Alpha Braga 4. What do you guys think of this whole scene? Even Pike cooking food for these guys, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> So before we get to actually your question, I have a question for the both of you that has to do with this scene. This was something I wasn't clear about. And I went back and watched, you know, some of it again in this part, trying to see if I could see something, but I couldn't. My question is, were they traveling incognito or were they still in Federation garb? I wasn't quite sure because they were outside of where they were supposed to be so i was wondering are they kind of in like a stealth mode or what was what was going on with how they were dressed i kind of thought it was the away uniforms yeah i think it was tactical uniforms ah okay but there was an exception that kyle's probably looking at Uh, i think uh dr mbenga and number one was still in their regular uniforms well that's because they got beamed down later Right, yeah. right, right, right. That's 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 right. That's right. So yeah, it was the away uniforms, and I and I don't know why it, it it caught my attention, but it just made me feel like maybe because the you know the colors were so subdued and it was so dark, and I was wondering, okay, are you trying to n- not show that you're Federation or you're not Starfleet? <laughs> Actually, those uniforms make me think of Nightwing. <laughs> With the- I can see that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of when I saw them. I have no idea what Nightwing is. Batman's first Robin. Oh, okay. <laughs> so thoughts on the rules. Thoughts on them pitting these these guys against each other. Well, 
Can I say kudos to Pike for just being amazing? <laughs> it's like, he is. He is and, awesome. I mean, in a tough situation, that's the guy I want to have. Yeah. Like, it, 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 he may, like, I could see if I, okay, let's say I was the guy that held, that held him captive or the guy's pro, like, you can't help but to just kind of be taken back by his demeanor and his approach. Like I probably come, I'll probably come at him as you know. Ah, I got you. I'm gonna take you prisoner. You're gonna be my slave and blah blah blah. Yeah. But once he starts talking and, and you're like, huh? You know, <laughs> this guy's kind of cool. I hate to have to do this to you, man. But so that's kind of how I was getting. And I know we, I might be jumping a little further ahead, but you know, as we progress through the captivity, like you kind of see the guy like giving him more of the. Not, I wouldn't say the benefit of the doubt, but he's giving him more leeway than he would anybody else. Yeah. And I think that just all has to do with his charisma, man. Charisma. There yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. He went from being captor to giving candid advice to almost buddy, buddy at one point. And this is so great that Pike is smart enough to see that there's division among the ranks. <laughs> um, <laughs> And he's able to offer something we've established again, tidbits we've been getting from the beginning of the series that he likes to cook. So we're getting tidbits from that. And it's coming back to where he's like, oh, I can cook you guys a hearty meal instead of this slop that he's feeding you, you know. So just well played on all ends. Funny. It was interesting to see Pike keep going into this. It reminded me a lot of actually uh, the the book and Burnham stuff from these adventures they've had that we didn't see. You know, yeah. the Alpha Braga Ford, they kept bringing it up. Like, oh. <laughs> huh. And I guess it just didn't help that these pirates just kind of reminded me of like the Kazon from Voyager. Like they're just, yes, they're not yes. that smart, but they're, they're mean and they have the means to do what they need to do, but they're just not that smart. And you could get one over on them. It's funny you said Kazon because I actually wondered if that was going to be a Kazon faction and I was like no this is in the wrong quadrant so <laughs> you know can't can't be that well not saying that it couldn't be they could have been lost but back to Pike for a second even though he was being buddy buddy and etc and so forth every freaking thing that he did was so strategic from yes. uh, from point <laughs> A to point finish to point i'm the captain at the freaking wheel there i mean that was <laughs> that was good and i'm probably going to say star trek sacrilege about what i'm going to say next but if i had to choose between being on a ship with pike or uh with um kirk i would take pike in a minute i would too pike is amazing <laughs> man you know you know why though why? Uh, Ashley said it. Our friend Ashley that did the cast with Clarence last week. She said it best. It's his hair. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, we I, actually the webs has been kind of going crazy about that here lately. Like uh, there's been memes about his hair and it, like it's just all about Anson Mount's hair as Captain Pike. But it's just I think it's just that swagger. Yeah. If so, Kyle, give the, if. Picard was behind that wheel, would have been the same. No. No. It wouldn't no, have been as badass, no. man. It would <laughs> I could see Riker a little bit more doing something like that, but not uh, no, not Picard. I don't even think Riker has the swagger for it. And dude, they did not have to put that old school pirate ship wheel in there on, on the Serene <laughs> Squad, but 
it was so freaking cool, man. It was so it awesome. Was. And, and was. he did something, you know, you've already referenced it, but he did something that could have very freaking easily come across as cheesy when he did the already mateys, you know. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> well, it was number one's reaction, though, that sold it. Like, stop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was perfect timing. Like, you know, it's like everybody sitting there quiet going about their business. And he's just like, he's like, hmm, I guess I'll try this. <laughs> it's just oh, out man. of the blue. It was hilarious. Call me a Boy Scout. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't mean to go dark here, but I wonder if what they're playing at with the way that Anson Mount is portraying the character is if you know that on X date on this year start date whatever that you will die that's yeah. your end that they're making his portrayal be something to the effect of i'm not going to be loose with judgment but i'm going to take every opportunity i can to enjoy myself yeah hmm. which which is witnessed by again i keep going back to the interactions between pike and ortegas but Oh, man, this stuff is so good. So well written. <laughs> it is. And always hilarious. So let's go to the boarding portion of the episode. How do you think number one handled that? Because, I, you know, before we get into the details, I just thought the action on the bridge was really good. It kind of reminded me a little bit of some of the action we got at the at the beginning of Picard in the last episode of Picard as well with the action oh. on the bridge of the Stargazer. But I just thought the action was really well done. A lot of fighting, a lot of firing, and we got to see kick-ass Spock. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thoughts on the boarding and Spock kicking ass on the bridge. Hmm. I wonder if they had the same choreographer. Maybe. Or choreographer or whatever. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. I think it was pretty good, man. It's uh, and, and kudos to number one for doing her job in the midst of, like, that was a very much surprise attack. And just testament to her training and experience, like the first thing she did was locked out the controls, which, I mean, we get to the point we know that didn't help anything. But, yeah, like, you know, anybody else, and I'm just kind of going through other number ones throughout Trek, like, I think that particular step would have been missed in that situation. Like, they would have been caught off guard. The first thing they would have done was jumped and grabbed a phaser and started shooting. And then all of a sudden realize, wait, we need to do this and probably would have been too late. So kudos to her. Number one. Number two, man, Spock he was, was kicking, kicking butt. <laughs> and not only the neck pinch, but like he physically was kicking butt, which is, you know, that's pretty awesome. We know Vulcans are a little are stronger than humans and yeah. they're mostly all trained in Vulcan martial arts. But like he didn't even use martial arts, really. He was just brawling. It was amazing, it was amazing man. I, I love that scene so much. And then they have like the, well, I don't know if he did it on purpose, but somehow he wound up on the turbo lift and he got away, basically. I love seeing the Jeffries tubes, which I don't know yeah. if you've seen them before in the in this series, but I love seeing that. But yeah, just the the fighting was amazing and you no know, getting away. And while Dr. Aspen is saying, let's give up the ship for reasons we learn later why she wants them to abandon the ship. But yeah, it was just interesting to see Spock navigate that whole situation. I love that, you know, the classic thing, let's get the engineering. Let's try to take control from there. And, you know, I thought that they had got the ship back. But lo and behold, Dr. Aspen was right there. And until we get the camera turn and see the two phasers, I was totally in the dark as to what was going on. Yeah, that 
like I said, I was, it totally threw me for a loop, but I don't know. I guess we got to that part and I kind of realized something wasn't right. Mm. Like, especially when they said the bridge controls were being rerouted back to the bridge. And I was like, okay, something, somebody is not who they supposed to be. And I know Spock didn't make a mistake and yeah. accidentally reroute it. So it had to be sabotage. Yeah, which which means like when he was rerouting them there, they were on the other console transferring them back and opening the doors to, to engineering. So yeah. just really, really well done. And turns out Captain Angel didn't even really want the Enterprise. So this was another big twist. I did not expect the call to T'Pring which shout out there, we get a shot of stun, which if you know the episode from TOS Amok time where Dupring betrayed Spock, stun is the guy she betrays him with. <laughs> so this, yeah. this is where we're introduced <laughs> to stun, which is really cool. Good casting there. The actor looks very similar. So good job there. But yeah, they want a, a prisoner as she, as they puts it, a prisoner, quote unquote, that is at the facility where Tapring is, which they're calling Zavarius. So again, another huge thing here that I did not expect a a swap. Yeah, the uh, swap was totally off guard. Which you know, I if I'm Captain Angel, like I'm thinking, I need two bird kill two birds with one stone here. Like, why not keep the ship, right? Yeah. But I, I was definitely not expecting an exchange. Uh, and it threw me off when Tapring, when they decided to call Tapring, I'm like, what in the world do you have business with Tapring? Like, how are they going? Like, at this point, I'm kind of almost sort of kind of questioning the writers. Like, oh boy, y'all about to go down a road here and create something that's just going to be a mess. Like, I didn't really understand yeah. how they were going to make this work. Cause I couldn't come up with a reason why Supreme would be involved. Yeah. Other than, and at this point, I'm still kind of in my head thinking, you know, Captain Angel is, has a thing for Spock and maybe it's bigger than they've let on so far. And they're just trying to stir some crap up with Supreme and Spock. I don't know. I, 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 nowhere did I assume it would be a prisoner exchange, but kudos to Spock for your second part of your question for his plan. Although, you would never expect Spock, it's a Vulcan, especially Spock, to come up with this plan and pull it off, which also leads us to think, hmm, what's really going on with Nurse Chapel here? <laughs> mm. so, so, okay, so I, I have a problem with it. And uh -oh. here's my, but, 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 but not in a problem with how it was acted and how it was carried out and, and the, the framing, because there's at one point to where you've got the, picture of T'Pring in the background on the big monitor, and you've got one on one side of her face, the other one on the other side. So beautifully directed, all, all of that. But as in regards to the actual story, what I couldn't get over is you've got this captain who has executed this plan, got to the point to where it's time to do the swap. You can't tell me that just because they decide, no, oh, well, we're going to break up with each other, that you're not going to still try to do the swap. I, I, and then, and then, right when you get to that moment of, okay, what's about to happen now? Then here, here comes the Calvary. That's my only negative that I can really give. I think that was just too convenient. 
I can I can kind of defend that by saying uh, you're dealing with a very logical being and to bring being a Vulcan like there's no Although we know there was some like hints of Tapring's emotional attachment to Spock, but I don't think she's her emotions is far out of control as Spock's is. So that being said, Tapring's duty was to not do this exchange. And the way that Captain Angel worded it was um, and Captain Angel knew that the Vulcan mating bun forced her would force her to make the exchange like that came. That was a priority over ah, protecting okay. that prisoner. So right. Spock figured, well, if that's the only thing that she, the only reason to bring would do it, then let's end the mating bond. And then she would have to fall back on the next logical step. Okay. That makes sense. Which is, it was great for them to actually show them uh, canceling the bond on screen, which is really cool. And I also like how nurse chapel jumped in because, you know, we've, we've established that Spock doesn't lie or Vulcans don't, don't lie. So as he started to tell this ruse, she just jumped in and kind of completed it. <laughs> but you can't tell me. And if you compare that kiss to the kiss yeah. of Tapring at the end, there was a lot of emotion in that kiss with Nurse Chapel. Don't you mean passion? <laughs> well, passion, yes. <laughs> like he he sold it like the first two seconds of it, right? And that was sold, yeah. and he continued. Like I was, I was kind of expecting to bring being all logical she as she is to you know if they kiss on the end, it's like I I just don't feel like this was the same kind of passion. <laughs> but see, that's where it goes back to the beginning of our discussion. That's where it's left to the imagination, et cetera, and so forth. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that said, I don't know if I want to keep seeing more of Tapring pop up. It's been really cool so far, but. I think I want to pivot into more of something else. And of course, we're going to see her again because we're going to have to see this character, Zavarius, who we come to know is Spock's brother, long lost brother, <laughs> Cybok. Thoughts on that? Any any thoughts? Because I was like, whoa, <laughs> I'm not sure when we got the revelation. Yeah. That was another twist. Now, to address your first issue, I don't mind seeing Tapring. They can keep bringing her back as much as they want. Of um, course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Cybok, man, that was another twist I was not expecting at all. At all. And that's kind of, it kind of makes me want this arc to continue. Mm. You know, as much as I'm loving these, these serialized episodes, I would love to see that arc continue through because I want to flesh that out some more, which I think we probably will. And of course, I uh, believed in Vulcans without logic. That was kind of the the divergence he made to kind of get banned from. Um, did he get banned from Vulcan, if I'm remembering correctly? I need yes. to go back and watch Star Trek five. But yeah, uh, very interesting. And it made me kind of think of I keep going back to Michael Burnham and Discovery. Like, where does he fit into the picture? Because apparently from those from that movie and from I, I did some reading, like he was partly raised by Sarek as well. So where did that happen? How did that, and, and I think he's about seven years older than Spock. So maybe there's a what, time frame they, that he can and fit And why in. have we not heard him mention, you know, that that I kind of interest, you know, why didn't Michael Burnham mention him? Well, he, oh. was, he was kind of... Mm, rejected or disbanded or for because of his beliefs he was kind of um 
exiled. I don't know if that's the right word, but he wasn't around for long because he was also like very smart. He was like one of the smartest. He was like he was supposed to be the prodigy because he was so smart and intelligent. So, yeah, it seems like we would have at least had mention of him. But since he's like seven years older than than Spock, Burnham is what like. She's about seven years older as well, so I don't know. I don't know where, where he fits into the timeline. It's kind of confusing to me. So, is this, so Clarence, you remember the Enterprise episode uh, where they run into this old Vulcan ship, and there, there's these group of Vulcans there that are they've been exiled from Vulcan, and they're you know experimenting with uh, like just letting their emotions flesh out. Yeah, the the Vitash Katira, if I'm saying yeah, correctly. Yeah, something like that. So, are we? Is that pretty much the same group of people, or do we have a group that's you know just want to explore emotions, and then a group that just gave up on logic, or is that one and the same? I think it's the same group. I think it's all the same group. Yeah. So, if they're gonna flesh that out in this series, that's gonna be pretty freaking cool if we yeah. get to see that. Because I think all that stuff in Enterprise was was really strong. Yeah, and I, and I was. Kind of going with, so, you know, there was another episode of Enterprise where uh, T'Pol has to track down one of these Vulcans that gave up on logic and he like changed his face and all of that. And she was part of this Vulcan team that was assigned to go capture these people and rehabilitate them. And really is kind of, I guess, misstated because it's really not they're not really giving up logic completely. They're just tapping into their emotions more, I think, is, is, is what it is. And it, it's, it's crazy because, again, in Discovery, you have the logic extremists who take logic too far. <laughs> so it looks like you got both ends of the spectrum here, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts of the episode before we get out of here? What's your favorite, least favorite part? You know, uh, anything we didn't bring up that you want to mention? And the floor is open. I just keep going back to the scene where he's standing there with the uh, pirate wheel. I, I just think that that <laughs> it was so weirdly epic. Yeah. And I think that's the best way I can say it. It was weirdly epic. Especially with all Hades breaking loose behind him. <laughs> yes. It's in the rules, too. Because, like, a few minutes later, he's like, Spock, here, get us out of here. Like. <laughs> <laughs> We, we don't have complete control of this game. <laughs> yeah, like the first scene is like everything's calm. And then like <laughs> next one is like, oh, crap. <laughs> so good. So I good. think my favorite is probably and probably one of you guys favorite is and Kyle brought it up was just Captain Pike's little pirate montage at the end. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I was rolling when he said that. So <laughs> it was, good. It was just so random and out of place and like. It was, it, and it was like everybody knew it was funny, but it was just so shocking. <laughs> they were just kind of like lost for words. They're like, "What the crap?" <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, good stuff, man. He got his dad joke in, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I don't know if we're going to see Captain <clears throat> Angel and, of course, Cyborg this season, but you know, save it for next season. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> Whatever it is, I just feel like it's really interesting that they would introduce that element and if we don't see it this season if we see it next season i'm fine but just a great way to give this very unexpected cliffhanger very unexpected really loved it so with that we'll go ahead and get ratings for the episode kyle jones how do you rate this one Mm, you're starting with me uh i have liked others more and i'm oh 4.8 
4.8 from Mr. Jones. And you know what? I'm going to be almost right there with you. I'm going to notch it up just a little bit. 4.9 for me. Nearly a perfect episode. Really loved it. Love the ruse. Love the boarding. Love the twist. Love the comedy. It had it hit on all cylinders in every direction. Hit on nostalgia. Hit on on uh, canon future. So I, I loved all those aspects, man. 4.9 for me. What about you, Jonathan Shorts? Well, you know my normal thing here lately is just been <laughs> put fives down for me. And that was my intention going into this discussion. But you just had to bring up the freaking communication <laughs> part of it. And I can't in good conscience say five and then acknowledge that happened. So I'm going to say 4.97. Mm. <laughs> 4.97. So are you rounding up or down? <laughs> I'm truncating that last seven. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's so close, man. Other than that, this was a great, great, great episode. Just like the others have been great, great, great episodes, and I will watch them all fifteen times over. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's hard. It's hard not to give this episode a five. But as our fearless leader pointed out, there was an issue that needs to be explained. And into the show's defense. It could have been since they were a pirate already and they were familiar with that portion of space. They may have known of a different relay that ah. was not a Federation relay. So that could be the explanation. I just don't know if we got it in the show. Again, people, if you're listening, please write in, let us know, because I didn't catch it. But, you know, this this is nit. We're nitpicking here. We're nitpicking. <laughs> Thanks for ruining it for me, guys. <laughs> All right. And again, if you want to write into us, you can send that in to fans at DiscussingTrek.com or hit us up at DiscussingTrek on any and all social medias. You can also use those outlets to respond to Trek trivia. John, what was the answer to our Trek trivia from last week? And what is our new Trek trivia for the upcoming week? All right. So last week, to date, how many series, episodes and movies, including original series, original series spinoffs, Animated series, canon, and Kelvin movies. So, as of recording last week, the answer would have been 846 individual series episodes across 42 seasons and 13 movies, Kelvin and canon timeline. So now, of course, we had one more episode this past Thursday, and that would make it 847. So there is a lot of Trek enjoyment out there, guys. A lot of it. Awesome sauce. Now... Our next Trek trivia question. And this is kind of a, this was just interesting for me to find out. And then hopefully you guys find it interesting. So during discussing and script writing, how did the TOS production crew refer to the Vulcan nerve pinch and who developed the idea for it? Mm, no idea there. <laughs> <laughs> See, like I've heard this before somewhere. I, I think it was Leonard Nimoy that developed it. Okay, well, I'll give you that part of the answer. It was L Leonard Nimoy, and it was, and I didn't write down the which episode they were working on, the name of it. It was when uh, Kirk had the transporter accident and got split into, yeah. and they had to disable one of the Kirks. Well, uh, Gene Roddenberry's plan was Spock was supposed to hit him over the head with something like and knock him out. And Leonard Nimoy's argument was, you know, we're more of a logical, peaceful species and that just using a blunt instrument and a blunt violent act is just not doesn't work with Vulcan. So he came up with a nerve pinch because it seemed more fitting for a Vulcan. Mm, awesome. 
Yeah, so the production crew, you know, during script writing, when they're discussing it, you know, and you're when you're discussing these episodes, I'm sure it's like you're saying these things 50,000 times a day. So you don't want to say Vulcan nerve pinch every time you say it. So they came up with a clever little way of saying it. All right. Well, if you know what 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 was the Vulcan nerve pinch originally called while developing the episode, The Enemy Within. And yeah, we'll get the answer to that next week. Good question, John. Thank you. All right, guys, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap things up. I want to encourage you to check out other outlets from the Discussing Network. We have Discussing Who, which, you know, of course, Cal will attest. We discuss all things Doctor Who on that show. So if you're into Doctor Who, please check it out as we ramp up and get ready for the anniversary episode, the end of Jodie Whittaker's run as well. So that should be a lot of fun if you're into it. What are we currently discussing on Discussing Who, Kyle? Well, you know, considering that we are ramping up, like you said, for Jodie Whittaker's last episode, we are also looking forward to the 60th anniversary. But as of our next recorded episode, which is, of course, we'll be recording tomorrow night, we will be in Series 8 with Mummy on the Orient Express. Ooh, so stay tuned for that. Also, we have another sister podcast, which we don't do as often, but if there's something interesting pop up, we do jump on it. So if there's any other thing that's comic book related or movie related or even sci-fi related that you want us to talk about, we do it on that outlet as well. If you have a suggestion that you want our crew to jump on and to review, please send it in as well and let us know, because I've been enjoying a bunch of sci-fi stuff lately. So can't wait to talk those things out thank you guys for joining we really appreciate it and until next time guys live long and prosper thanks for listening to the discussing trek podcast for more information, go to DiscussingTrek.com slash subscribe. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com.